And here we are. Whoa, you didn't do the other intro. Oh, whoa. Okay, caught me off guard there. This Sorry. Is a short one minute intro. Well, yeah, but then we had the other no driving gloves thing that usually plays. Nope, not on the new intro. Oh, well, we just do the countdown now. Okay. Can I just say I'm I'm digging the music on the new countdown? It gets me pumped okay. up for the show. Free, copyrighted, or a non-copyrighted, or I don't know. It's fr- free and available. It, it's free. It's the best thing there is. Oh. Not liking my green screen tonight. So, here we are. Hello, darling. Hello. My darling Clementine. Or we could have said, hello, Dolly. Yeah, the, the clone sheep? Sure, why not? Clones, we could talk about clones tonight. How do you feel about cloned cars? <clears throat> it all depends. You mean the ones that the Chinese make of the Buicks that we have? or? Well, I mean, we could talk about those. Or we could talk about, you know, just clones in general. Like, you know, like a Hemikuda clone, or because I just saw one the other day. Um, you know, or like the bullet Mustang clones that are out there. Or we could go with our original topic. Uh, Either we way. We can talk about whatever we want. It's our show. What have you been up to, John? About five seven. You are kind of a short guy. Yes, but I can fit in just about anything. I get in where I fit in. I can't remember who used to say that. No idea. No idea. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Can't any, uh, yeah. buy any it, new cars. Yeah. It's a, it's a wrapper. Uh, no new cars. Um, mm, nope. No new cars. Don't even think one crossed. I was trying to think of one crossed my mind. I did see the new, um, uh, Kia Electric today on a lot. Oh, like in person. Okay. Yes, like in person. <clears throat> I ran before the dealer could come and try to charge me $15,000 more than sticker. but <laughs> Just just for looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got to do a credit app to test drive it, but it's a $5 look fee. It's like a peep yeah. show. <laughs> peekaboo, peekaboo. Oh, and I guess we should have a moment of silence for the 4,000 Volkswagen products that found their deep grave. You know, when they're two miles underwater, I don't think they're coming back up. It's a good place for them. They're probably compact cars now. But no, they just became, they all became bond cars. They, no, they probably submarines. bonded together. Well, that too. Yeah. Especially the ones near the um, Volkswagen electrics that had the lithium <laughs> fires. <laughs> bonded or fused, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of melted into one. <laughs> they went back to their natural, <laughs> their pre-stamped days. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know those are going to have a lot of... Um, Aluminum in them, everything on there. So it's not even mm-hmm. going to take a lot to to melt them. No, but, not at all. There's probably puddles of aluminum now at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, but I didn't want to talk too much about it. I mean, if you're a car person, it's all over the news. If you're not a car person and you're casually listening, uh, another one of these massive transport ships caught fire about, well, on the 15th. Uh, February, and they, when they were towing it back to port after they finally got the fires extinguished, it sunk yesterday. And it's the second time it's happened to Porsche in three years. I think mm. they need to find a new shipper. <laughs> Possibly. So, so, if you're ready, go back in time, Derek. You know, I wish I had a thing I could do on the screen, but you'll just have to live with my fingers. Can't you get the sound effect? Don't you have a sound effect board? Don't we have one of those? Uh, we have a couple of them, but I don't have a on it. 
I think I'd do it better. All right, if you say so. I can't think of that guy's name. Yeah, yeah. Michael Winslow. Um, you 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 would mis- mistake me for Michael Winslow, wouldn't you? That's the guy that does all the sounds, right? From. Um, so, what were you trying to ask? Well, <laughs> when you go back in time, and you're thinking of your youth. That's kind of where the theme of the show is supposed to be tonight is what were the few things in the past that I wouldn't say, well, I said it here, were your darlings, but what kind of slid you down the road to cars? And I'm not saying like your taproot car, not the car that you knew you were a car person, but there had to be things that started to, you know, look pretty. Sound good, t- smell good, say taste good. Yeah, I have a tendency to want to lick cars, but where did it all begin? That's the short, que- short question. I hope it's not a short question. Well, maybe it's a short question, long answer because we got a lot of time to kill here. Um, I didn't know you were going that direction with this, John. That 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 changes my whole thinking process here. Hmm. I mean, I think I've said it on the show before. There are pictures of me as a kid, uh, even just playing with car toys. So, yeah, but I think probably the, the earliest, well, I, I can actually tell you the earliest, probably real car, not toy car that, kind of led me down that path of wanting to know more about cars and probably want to, you know, work on cars, which was the, the 1937 Ford that my dad has. Um, You know, he's had it since he bought it in like 1974, I think it was 73, 74. And, you know, actually had it almost, completely restored, um, at least in primer, had been working on the engine, things like that. And, uh, you know, did the whole got married, had kids thing, obviously, because, I mean, the world has me, right? Um, And so it kind of got put in the back corner and never got finished. So as a kid all the way from my littlest days of running around, there was this 37 Ford in, <laughs> we just lost our background. Nice work, John. Oh, I just purposely um, changed it. I thought it was oh, a little too busy. You no, know, you distract me when you do things like that. Um, but, you know, it just, it was always in the barn. It was always out in the shop, in the pole barn, um, kind of tucked in the back corner because, you know, life was happening around and we didn't have time to get out to it. I was still little. I couldn't really help. And, uh, but I always just kind of went out and stared at it and wondered. And so I think that was probably the one that as a littlest kid, cause it was actually tangible. It was right there. It was, you know, our property. So, you know, I could get close to it. I could dream about what it could be. And, um, so that's probably where it really, really started in the beginning. Now, I re- I probably would blame, you know, I de- you know, I have this magazine that I say is when I definitely knew I was a car person. <clears throat> I talk about there's been pictures of me put up of me in this 70 charger my parents used to have and used to cry at stoplights. So it's been in me since like I was born. But what got me, I think. Some of, I want to say one of the earliest car memories I have was the old show um, Heart to Heart. I don't know if anybody remembers it. This is, you know, this is early 74, 76 ish. Um, Mercedes convertible in it, Ferrari to, uh, Dino. Um, at the, in the opening credits. And those, those, that's the first cars I remember seeing on TV. And then, uh, uh, you know, I probably jumped to the Dukes of Hazard and TV, TV did it to me. You know, BJ and the bear was, you know, wanted to be my trucker. 
Uh, we had a emergency with the fire trucks, you know, that kind of, you know, that the, and it wasn't definitely wasn't the plot lines of some of these shows. It was the cars made me want to watch even on fantasy Island. I just love the Dodge Aspen's Plymouth Valaris with the, um, soft tops of the little dingle balls hanging around them. You know, they look like the uh, Fiat Jollies and things like that. So I will blame, I blame TV for a lot of my life. Uh, TV raised me and TVs were my lust for cars started. And it's probably why my lust for cars started with exotics. You know, I wasn't a muscle car person. Uh, you know, I wasn't an old car person. I've always, always been into the exotics and not just, ooh, it's a cool, it's e even before, even before I knew some cars were exotics, you know, the 246 Dino one heart to heart, for instance, I just knew it was a cool car. Um, so you're a Tom Selleck fan. Actually, I never watched Magnum P.I. No, um, it no. wasn't until the last few years that I've actually watched Magnum P.I. Um, new and old episodes now. Um, there was one more that popped into my head, though, that was around there. But nah, it wasn't Magnum P.I. I mean, of course, you know, all, all basically mm. all the cool people always had cool cars. And That's to me, yeah. it was always, <laughs> well, to me, it, it I don't know if was is the appropriate word. But it's a status symbol. It's something that looks cool. Yeah, I realize, you know, I'm not quite as materialistic as I was, you know, last Tuesday. But it's just, I, I like the curves. I like the sexiness. I like um, chips as motorcycles, Toby. I, I'm not a motorcycle guy. <laughs> Unless we're talking about what did they what did they use as police cars on chips? Was that um, it, what was prior to the diplomat? It was the same damn car, but but you know, I didn't watch chips. I'm not that old. Knight Rider, Hardcastle, and McCormick. Mm -hmm. um, I do recall, you know, like Knight Rider, and you know, I guess thinking back to like inspirations like that, or, or at least like seeing cars on TV, stuff like that, that does play a huge role. Uh, I, I think in, in my life too, um, you know, I recall fondly Knight Rider, uh, Dukes of Hazard, of course. Uh, but then as I got a little older, even, you know, I think I've mentioned them, on here, um, you know, watching uh, Nash Bridges with Don Johnson. Of course, you know, Miami Vice. I mean, you had Miami Vice with Don Johnson back in the day. And uh, oddly enough, I was I was obsessed with, or maybe not obsessed, that's probably the wrong word, but when Dodge came out with their new Ram truck in the – 94 you know 94 to 95 switch over um you know the drop down fenders you know all the that just that classic dodge ram look that we all know now i was i was just obsessed with that that look of that truck and the the tv show that did it for me was of course walker texas ranger with chuck norris because that's what well he drove a Chevy first, and then he switched over to the new Dodge when it came out. The um, yeah, I, in '94 when that that Dodge Ram was introduced with the drop fenders, you know, going retro, however you want to mm -hmm. call it. You know, my dad even stepped up to the plate. Now he's always been a Dodge guy, but you know, he bought a 3500 chassis. Uh, you know, put a big box truck on one of those cabs, and then he he had a '96, and I had a '97, and. I almost weep anymore when I'm driving down the road and I'm seeing the new Dodge, the newest Dodge Rams, because that those fenders on the outside just keep inching up, inching up, inching up. And now, yeah. you know, it's 
almost like just a two inch drop or something. It's nothing drastic. They've almost went back to, I mean, they're still a little distinct, but it's not it's like a suggestion the, now. Yeah, the, the radical <laughs> thing they did. You know, I don't want to make this another show about um, car movie cars and TV cars, and but that's you know that's kind of where my start went. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of listeners know I used to own a um, Caterham Seven, which is a continuation of the Lotus Seven. Speaking of clone cars, and I remember being at my doctor's office, my pulmonary doctor, back when I had asthma problems and allergy problems, which I kind of out, outgrew most of them, but it was Dr. Morgan. Uh, and I was up there. Did he and, drive a Morgan? No. I was looking out the window and a yellow, I don't know if it was a Lotus 7, Caterham 7 went by. And I had to have that car. And it took me years to figure out what it was. Didn't know what it was when it drove by. But I had to have one of those and, you know, eventually got to that point. Um, you know, started to read the car magazines and I'm trying. Our next door neighbors, they probably helped. Um, they lived in this little town of about 11,000 people. Maybe it was 13,000 people. That's a little uh, town. And our neighbors, and and they still own it. I'm still still chat on facebook as a matter of fact i told them about a gun recently for sale because they're a big big gun dealer in central illinois really really knowledgeable on lugers but they always had cool cars you know they they had a pantera in the garage they had an 81 audi quattro you know the cars you'll kill for right now you know the 81 audi quattro the 79 rx7 um jaguar xj6 you know these neat cars which were kind of unheard of in the town that you know, town of 11,000 in the middle of farm country um you know they just and they were right next to me and you know you ride your bike and just hope the garage was open and you could you'd like to see you know um you know the pantera in there they hardly ever drive. they still own the pantera i know i was talking to him about it recently and you know, he's still into cars himself. You know, he's got his um, Audi R8 and he's got his, um, I think he actually, I think he, he wrecked his Porsche Cayenne, hit a deer. And I think he ended up with a GMC Yukon, but he might still have a Porsche. I don't know, but they're still into cars. But, you know, those little things, those, you know, nuggets, you know, some of you watched football and fell in love with football. That's that thing they play on Sundays with the brown. They throw the brown turd at each other. That's football. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. So that's actually funny, John, because, you know, as a kid growing up, of course, you know, we've talked about on the show before our inspirations and, you know, my dad uh, being a, a, you know, body man and, and restoring cars all of our, my life, you know, that's, that's what really got me into all of this, but I was just, you know, he worked on them and, and he enjoyed, you know, bringing them back and stuff like that. And, but he'll even say, you know, he's not, he's not steeped in the history. Um, you know, I go into that learning the history of them as well as working on them and, and doing all that. And, you know, I think my family, like even my extended family noticed that I, there was something odd about me. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it's odd because I'm, I'm strange. But so much so that, you know, when they heard about, um, you know, through friends that, you know, either a friend or a friend's friend had some unique car laying around or had just acquired one, they'd find out if they could take me to see it. And I still have somewhere in all my stuff, the uh, picture of me, I was maybe five or six years old and, um, a friend of a friend of my you know, mom's side of the family, the big farm side of the family, uh, they had bought uh, one of the new Lamborghinis, um, the, the Kuntak that had come out. And so they, my uncle found out if they could bring me over to see it. And I've got this picture of me standing next to this Lamborghini when I'm like six years old because my family knew I was obsessed with cars. 
I'm trying to think of what what year did you say that was, or was your? I have no. Well, six. It would have been. Well, late eighties, early nineties. So maybe not when it was brand new, but. Well, yeah. they ran the they ran the Lamborghini, you know, Countach until eighty eight and a half. Yeah, because so I was might probably have been one putting of you about eighty five, eighty six there. You, know, you youngins. Yeah, no, I was born in eighty three. So yeah. there you go. Y'all know how old I am now. Yeah, I was. I was four when the Lamborghini came out in seventy four. The LP four hundred Periscope. Back when they had cool things. We need to do a show on the cool things they used to have in cars, like the Periscope Lamborghinis. Yeah. And the wings that did nothing. They were just there. They uh, they were $4,000 a piece in the mid-80s for a Lamborghini rear wing. Yeah, and they did nothing. They were just there yeah. for looks. Yeah, but that's something we've never outgrown. Oh, well, that's true. Except, you know, you only hear about the stupid little wings, the little duckbill thing on the Audi TT. Otherwise, they spin off the road if you don't have this little two-inch high, three-foot-wide piece of metal on the back of your car. So, okay, John, I've seen you started this off with a question for me. I got one for you. If we're talking about our kind of inspirations or what, you know, got us going in this when we were kids – and you're talking about always being into the exotics. You obviously walked away from the exotics at, at various parts of your life. You know, I mean, you know, you were always a Lotus guy. You were always, you know, things like that. But we all know for a while you, you know, got into like, you know, mini trucks and, and the different things you've done and gotten into over time. So what inspired you to get into those other angles other than exotics? Oh boy, you're gonna make you're gonna make the evil parts of me come out. I try attention. I always wanted something new. I always wanted something somebody would talk about, and I didn't have a lot of money, so you know, build a lower truck, build a car with a huge car stereo in it. Um, which that ironically is got to have a lot of money to do, but. You just, you know, it was basically I like to have attention. And to me, cars always brought attention because I've always been a car person and I still have trouble. And I'm having more and more conversations and it's getting scarier and scarier because either I'm getting old or the world's drastically changing. You're and I think old. it's a combination of both where people go, eh, cars don't mean anything to me. Cars don't mean anything to me. You know, you can drive, you can drive up, you know, in a brand new Bentley or a Rolls Royce convertible. And they'll go, ooh, that's different, but they don't get excited over it. Me, I've always gotten excited over everything. So in my mind, if I'm going to get excited over it, they're going to get excited over it. And it, you know, it's it literally, it's that shallow. It's always, what can I do and have attention? And eventually, you ask about a changing, and I had built my second or third custom CRX at the time, you know, motor swap, lowered 17 inch wheels, all this stuff and sold it again for 30 cents on the dollar. And I finally said, you know, if I start buying real cars, I'm going to get most of my money back, if not more, when I go to sell them. And that's when I went and bought my first Lotus. And when I went, you know, and I started to buy Lotus and that, and I quit, customizing my cars i started buying real cars for real money that didn't depreciate never lost money on any of that stuff you know made money on my caterer made money on uh, you know the europa made you know and so on and so on so going exotics getting into the mini truck i was in high school i mean that's that's what you know I was a shallow high school kid that, you know, just wanted, you know, go to a party and, you know, meet a girl. So I was just going to say girls. That's, that's what you're, uh, that's what you're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the beastie boys wrote a song about it back then, you know, girls. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> so you said uh, something interesting though, because and I've got to jump to it because I found it interesting. But you said, you know, the world's changing and and nowadays you can pull up in you know some car, whether it's an antique car, a, a modern car, you know, supercar, exotic, whatever. And there are a lot of people that'll just go, oh, that's that's nice. Um, you know, isn't that that's unique, that's different. And they don't they don't get excited, they don't get inspired by it. Are cars that are coming out today not inspiring kids? Is that part of a problem? Like, is there, you know, I think you you probably see where I'm going here, but is it, is it partially that the cars that are being designed or a majority of the cars that are being designed just aren't inspirational? I mean, you know, do, you know, we just talked about in the pre-show that the announcement of the, you know, Stellantis and the new Chrysler lineup and the air, the new Chrysler airflow they unveiled, but you know, I mean, is it, is it just, Cars are inspirational or are people just not as interested in cars? I think people aren't as interested in cars. The The world has changed. You know, it used to be, you know, I grew up in a world where I loved my cell phone and cell phones, I think, have killed some of the interest in cars because you're always in communication with somebody now. This Internet thing that we're on, I think, killed some killed some cars because we can talk to each other face to face in person we don't need a car to go anywhere um it's the world's just a little bit different like that and you say yeah i think there's a lot of boring cars on the market not a not inspirational cars i mean i think somebody posted to the radwood page yesterday or the day before a a coupe shootout of 1991 or something and there's like 18 two-door coupes and we're, you know, and that's in the fifteen to $25,000 range back then, I think. And you know, that's probably like a forty dollars to $50,000 range now. But now there's only like five or six coupes. I mean, we talk about manual transmissions going away. Where the hell did all the two-door cars go? Mm, yeah. Uh, and But I think the proportion, if you really probably looked at it in percentages – the percentage of these two-door coupes that are fun to drive or some of the four-door sedans that are fun to drive that are built for an enthusiast, they only make up this 2 or 3% of the car sales. But I think if you really went down to it and you really looked at the population, only 1% or 2% of the population are car people now, where it used to be, you know, look at the old movies from the 50s, you know, the, the 50s era or that everything revolved around the car. You'd go to your drive-in and, you know, watch a movie. You'd go to your drive-in like Sonic, that's as close as you can get now, or and get, you know, everything revolved around your car. And, you know, I used to spend every weekend, three or four hours, Friday night, three or four hours, Saturday, driving up and down two miles of road in bumper-to-bumper stop, you know, it'd take you an hour to go down the road. And now I bitch about it because of traffic. I used to go purposely get in a traffic jam because it was fun. And all of a sudden, you know, they broke that up. They stopped cru- They stopped cruising. Mm-hmm. And you might go back to that's when it, cars started to die. They stopped let, uh, letting kids cruise anymore. And then they started putting all the stuff on cars that you couldn't can't customize them easily. Or modify them. I mean, go back to, I'm going back to 88 or so where, you know, you had your Monte Carlo Grand Prix, um, you know, whatever. I can't think of the third car that's in that group. Olds Cutlass. And you pop the stereo out. You put a Pioneer Super Tuner 3 in. You put a Pioneer TRS TRS X80s in the rear window, the surface mount triangular speaker speakers, and you could do all that stuff. You can't do that anymore. I mean, going to a Best Buy today, there's barely a car audio section. Mm-hmm. You know, you can oh, I can get keyless entry or remote start. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because I remember like back in high school, um, you know, I had the I had the GTO, but I also had the the '93 Beretta, the, the Chevy Beretta. Um, you know, fantastic little two door car, uh, quick as could be. I mean, they were probably not a car a kid should have, but you know, it was fun. And a buddy of mine had a Beretta as well. He had the five speed. He was lucky. Uh, I had the automatic. It was, wasn't quite as fun, but I remember, you know, doing the same thing, getting a new radio head unit and everything, you know, pulling the old one out, you know, the, the factory one out and putting a different one in. And, you know, I think I, one of my buddies had some really nice speakers. I don't even remember what brand they were at this point, but you know, a nice set of speakers that fit into the factory mounts on the, the rear parcel shelf. And, uh, I think I traded him like a CB radio I had laying around from one of the projects dad and I had in the shop or something and, you know, just pulled the car in the shop and you, yeah, you take the back of the, you know, back seat out and you pull the speakers down. You could do all that at that time. And, you know, I remember distinctly in high school, we'd go out cruising or just whatever, go out, you know, Friday night and, you know, dinner or whatever with buddies. And there were multiple times, of course, I hung out with guys that were into cars. We'd go to Best Buy and walk around, you know, we into cars and electronics, right? That's, that's what we were into. And we'd go to Best Buy and, you know, a couple of my buddies might go over and look at the new computers because they were into computers and me and a couple other friends would be over in this car stereo system, you know, systems looking at all the new radio head units and everything you could get and dreaming about what we could put in our cars. I'm sorry. I'm reading the comments or so. Yeah, I try to read them too. Yeah, I mean, Patrick's got a point right there that, you know, and he's making a reference to working on a university campus in, in 05, what, 9 out of 10, had students had driver's licenses, and now he says, you know. Um, lucky if it's 1 now out it's of 10. One, and now it's lucky if it's 1 in 10. And um, my ex had, had a kid that was, you know, 16, 17, and he never had a desire to get a driver's license. I mean, part of it was his arrogance is, Oh, why do I need to learn to drive? You'll drive me everywhere. But it's, he, 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 he and the, you know, a lot of people in his high school, they didn't care. There's no desire to get a, you know, a driver's license flip side. Another one of my exes that had a daughter the same age as this guy, Got, you know, seemed to be excited, I guess, because I know she got a car as soon as she turned 16 and got a pretty cool car because it was a Mini Cooper. And that kind of, I'll go to Jason's comment where he asked, John, um, what is my dream vehicle that I will most likely own someday? I don't know. I had, I said, I was talking to, was it Brandy last night? And I was showing her a picture of a friend's. Um, Huracan, and he got new wheels for it, and they're marble. They're a marble finish, not gray, not black. They kind of marbleish, and you know, she said something. Well, I'm you know never gonna have a car like that. I can't stop dreaming. Can't stop reaching for the sky. Maybe one day, you know. So who knows what I might be able to afford? You know, when everybody buys us a coffee, no driving gloves. dot com backslash coffee. Buy us mm-hmm. a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. that. You buy us enough coffees. I mean. I could be rolling in that hurricane. Or um, you could get a Ford Pinto and just have the wheels like vinyl wrap to look like marble and be the same. Yeah. I could just get marble wheels for my, for the uh, mini, but you know, you know actually that, that, if you got the, if you got the Flintstone mobile, you could just have marble wheels to start out. They make you sick as they went round and round, but, you know, Jason, you could have you could have bet me any amount of money 12 months ago on how much I would like a mini. And, um, you know, you could say you'd love it, you'd love it. And I'm saying absolutely not. I would have lost that bet because I still that car has really 
reignited my passion for cars and love for cars. I don't know why, but it's something that's fun, blah, blah, blah. Of course, it's a two, you know, it is a two-door, you know, hatchback, front-wheel drive. And we all know I love hatch, you know, two-door hatchbacks that are front-wheel drive. That's that's my thing. Um, kind of the, the hot hatchback world, if you will. I mean, uh, right. I just I, actually, my uh, Christine and I were just talking about hot hatchbacks the other day because we uh, we took the the kids up to the mall because they have a carousel and uh, the kids love riding carousels. And uh, but when we were pulling in the parking lot, sure enough, here's this little Ford uh, Focus ST hot hatchback in front of us, and it's just a cool looking car. Like hot hatchback, something about a hot hatchback. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, our occasional co-host Yoder, he, um, you know, he's had his challengers, he's had his Mustang GTs, but he's had his FRSs and he's had um, his Fiats. And um, I'm trying to remember the other one. Oh, he had a he had one of those Focus. I don't know if he had an RS or an ST, but he had one of those. And so he's all over the board when it comes to cars with that, you know, that Sean, you know, I love my velocitors again, front wheel drive hatchbacks, uh, three door, not four, but you know, <laughs> yeah. You got the three doors, car. you got the five doors, you got anyway, but well, the, the velocitor, you know, is a three door plus a hatchback. It's, Oh, that's right. That was the three door. Yep. It's the asymmetrical that. car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's around the corner. I mean, if I could, if I had a hundred K to go drop on a car today, I'd probably say I have, I might go buy a lucid. Um, but then there's a good chance that I might go buy one of the new Mercedes electrics that are coming out. And then there's a good chance I might go out and buy a Viper. You know, So it's, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I go through cars like, you know, some people go through underwear and toilet paper. So it's, I don't know how to answer that question for you, Jason. <laughs> and Okay, I'm not even going to touch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to expand on your Tesla one, but we're really trying to avoid electric car talk for a while. It creeps in. Yeah. But, you know, that's all that's in the news. And we have so many episodes where we talk about it. We're trying to stick a little bit to just cars and not necessarily discuss how they're powered so so speaking of hot hatchbacks minis small fuel efficient cars what should i get john i think we mentioned it uh, last week well will i think brought it up last week on the show um that a couple weeks ago i had an unfortunate incident occur and my beautiful Amazing, wonderful 2018 Centennial Edition Silverado um, is no longer with me. Um, it has left this world as probably scrap parts um, after a car accident. And uh, so I am in the market for something new. And I've always been a truck, pretty much always been a truck guy. Um Early on, yes, I had the the you know GTO to start, and then the Beretta. But after that, I really started getting into pretty much only owning trucks. Um, unfortunate uh, short time where I owned an SUV. Um, we won't talk about what it was because I don't want to offend anybody. But I've literally since probably the age of twenty. 2021 right around there only driven trucks that is all i've pretty much owned and driven as a modern everyday car now you know do i have the other cars the ford falcon the you know the cars i have the 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 collection cars yeah i've got those and i'll I'll drive those occasionally but i'm i'm feeling after the accident I, i i love that truck you know we talk about cars that we love that was finally a truck that I owned that when I got out of it at work or somewhere I was going, that was the truck that I finally, you know, you turn around and you go, man, that is a good looking truck. 
they nailed the design on it. They nailed the color. It's a centennial, you know, series. It, it's honoring the history of the company. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling very heartbroken and uninspired to buy a new car yeah, because I just don't know what to do. And the market sucks right now. Yeah, well, you've got the market challenge against you, but there are deals to be had. I keep bumping into people that are getting deals, and you you achieve that goal. And the the mini's my first car in a long time. Probably, you might go back to my Porsche, or you might go back to even my my Lotus Seven. So 10, 12 years that you get out and you turn around and you smile because you you know that's the car. Um. And it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a challenge because I know some of the reasons you want the smaller car, but you might end up missing the truck. And you, you right now are in that dilemma that even without the market, the way it is that I was in, you know, when I bought my 2018 transit connect. I want a small fuel efficient pickup and they don't make them. I had so many hopes for this Ford Maverick. It's still too damn big. And there, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a Ranger on Carvana, you know, low mileage, everything 2010 Ranger for $22,000 or something ridiculous. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it's stupid. You know, trucks to me are stupid. You know, I was told at one point in time, you know, any pickup trucks worth $4,000 all day long. And this is 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And sure, sure as heck, that guy, the guy was right. I never really found a good truck less than that for my entire life. And when I bought the um, egg, my Mazda 5 kind of minivan, That'd probably be a cool car for you, Derek, because you like to work on them. They're great cars, but they require oh, a lot of maintenance. <laughs> um, you can buy them dirt cheap. Um, Can't imagine why. And you can get a manual transmission. But um, it's oh, there's just nothing out there truck-wise. I mean, trucks. No. Any any truck that starts is twenty grand. And now with the change, any truck that starts is thirty grand, and it's I, I I don't understand trucks. I don't understand where people are paying for things. I, I was listening to one of my favorite car podcasts today when I was driving, and they made the comment that you know the average price of a car you know now is forty some thousand dollars, and how do people afford it? It's not that they're making more money. They're getting longer loans. Mm -hmm. Most cars are financed now on a 72 to a 76-month loan. And 84's month loans are out there and 96-month loans are out there. 96, yep. One of the banks I, I use um, it offers a 96-month loan. What is that, nine years? Uh, eight years. Eight years? Yep. And I'm going to – if you go back to – Auto Week, when it was actually a published magazine, and you pull out an issue from 1988, we'll say, you can get in the back and they have exotic car financing on 96-month terms so that you could afford your $100,000 Ferrari or something on payments. And now that's where we are for everyday cars. Mm -hmm. just, just a little hint for anybody looking at a 96-month loan car. The car isn't going to last 96 months, period. You, you are never going to pay that car off. You will pay off a pile of scrap metal, but you're never going to pay the car off. You're going to be in the such a world of upside down. And believe me, I've lived in the world of upside down car notes. That, that was my life up until three, four years ago. Always upside down, always upside down. But... <sighs> You know, I'm not answering your question, Derek, but it's... Well, you know, um, but J Jason added into the conversation, you know, is the truck out of necessity because you need something to haul stuff or is it more practical or would you buy a car? So, yeah, I've been asking myself that. Um, I'm really thinking about buying a small fuel efficient car to start out. 
first do you place. Know, I and don't then know buy, what... I, I do haul a lot of stuff. So I'd probably, you know, in a little while be looking for uh, a beater truck, you know, something cheaper, um, mileage on it that I can just go run to Lowe's and pick up the stuff I need. Or if I know there's car parts somewhere, I can jump in it and, you know, it'll make it back and forth on a trip. Um, you know, so, but right now I'm thinking small fuel efficient car. I came up with just two, two popped into my head and both are very workable for you because you don't mind working on cars. One would be a Buick Regal Tour X, which is the station wagon Buick that they sold up until about a year, year and a half ago. They're still going to probably be in that twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 range. So that's the high end. The ideal car for you, and Dennis Brunton taught me about this car, and he used them and used them and used them. And, I mean, this is 15 years ago, but there's no reason you can't use one now. 95 Caprice, um, Olds Delta 88, or not Delta 88, Olds uh, Vista Cruiser, or uh, Buick Roadmaster Station Wagon. LT, LT1s. So they're easy to work on. They get 25 miles a gallon. Towing, they'll still pull 20 miles a gallon, and they tow up to 5,000 pounds. Perfect car for you. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I mean, you don't mind. They're going to require a little bit of maintenance and upkeep because, shit, it's a 25-year-old car. But um, there are some you know, really good ones out there because it wasn't people like me buying those cars in 95 hot rodding the hell out of them. <laughs> it was people like my grand grandmother, who's 90 something now, you know, that didn't hot rod the heck out of them. She has a really nice grand marquee in her garage right now. Low mileage. She thinks is worthless. Yeah. I hope she doesn't sell it for what she thinks it's worth. It's kind of like, you know, when, Christine, goes I'll give her sell. cash for it. <laughs> when Christine goes to sell your tools or Brandy goes to sell my stuff and they try to sell it for what we told them we paid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So. But yeah, seriously, I'll give your grandma cash for it for what she wants. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I could give her cash for what she thinks it's worth, sell it to you for double, and you could probably still double your money on the car. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> We're working a deal here. It's just like retail. I buy Lumina. it. I double the price. You buy it. You double the price. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, actually, that's funny. I got to look this up because I want to remember which body style that is, Jason. Oh, God. I've had to have told the story on the podcast at some point, but I got a call in 1993 from my dad. He was bored watching a baseball game, and he was going to go buy a car. And he was thinking of aluminum Z34 coupe, which Jason's suggesting for Derek here. So we're talking a 93-ish one. Or he was going to go buy a Lexus SC400. I can see how that was a very cross-shoppable car. Not. And... We ended up talking it out, and I told him that he'd probably be better served with a four-door because I've never liked the Lexus SCs. I've never – the SC430 I like, but the 400 and the 300, I just never liked those bodies. And so I got to – Talked him go, into the LS400, but – Yeah. So the funny – I got it, you know, Jason with the 91 Lumina, um, you know, and then, of course, I had the 93 Beretta. So, you know, we're kind of in the same family here. But this is probably something many people will uh, uh, want to kill me for. But one of the cars I always, I guess, kind of for some reason had a desire to own when I was younger was the the kind of right around the 1997 Olds Cutlass, uh, the two-door sedan they had. You remember those, John? And they had the big glass canopy on them. Yeah. Um, if you get on the Radwood Facebook page, there's a couple of guys that are huge into them, and they're yeah. always finding deals on them. 
I, I think the styling's cool. Like there's just something about it. I think it's it's a good looking car. I remember the business manager for my dad's company. He bought one of those. And I, I couldn't understand why he didn't buy the convertible, but he was bald and blamed it on his bald head. But no, I didn't like the convertible. It, but he bought one. That's he bought one of the one, cars that convertible ruins the styling of it. Um well they kept that roll bar hoop in them, which never, you know. Well, yeah, but uh but his was that um, blue-green, you know, kind of that teal that Beretta had, but it was a, definitely a little bit more green. I mean, it was a pretty car. You know, unfortunately, I think Dad fired him like six months after he bought it. But yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> right there, baby. Ooh, and the itty-bitty headlamps. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side of that, we had a, a 91 Grand Prix, which is basically the same car with a, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of a different roof line. And I love that car. That was uh I'm trying to remember. No, nope, I think that's what my mom sold her LeBaron again. I was trying to think if that was pre-divorce or post-divorce. That was pre-divorce because she ended up getting rid of that for her um SN95 Mustang. But um I I always loved tooling around in that Grand Prix in high school. Not mm-hmm. as much as the, um, well, I guess it was after high school, but, you know, whatever you want to say when I'm 20 years old. But not as fun as the LeBaron convertible was, but that's the way she rolls. You know, I could always get a solstice again. Christine would kill me, but I could always get a solstice again. Well, honestly, you've talked about it and you've talked about it. Um. A Corvette wouldn't be a, a C6 Corvette wouldn't be a bad thing in that two seat sports car because it's a Corvette, but they get fabulous gas mileage. They get great gas mileage. You're right, they do for what they are. They get great gas mileage, but you know I, the the two seat fun car is probably out of the question because we have the kiddos um, at least for now, right? And because uh, that was the truck had. It was a crew cab, so we could get the kids in the back, things like that. So, yeah, we have the Acadia, but we really probably need something four-seat, you know, capable, just in case. Just in case we need to load the kids in it and go somewhere. Wow. Pontiac GTO. (sighs) (laughs) No, I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, freaking expensive. You know, I found a few that are reasonably priced. Um, but you know, uh, somebody in the house doesn't like the styling of them. So it's not high on the list, but man, would I like to have one? Jason, you have this problem with cars because we've talked about some cars and you can buy some of these cars literally for 10 cents on the dollar that you've talked about. But a Mercedes AMG, yeah, you could buy a used one at ten cents on the dollar. But there's two problems: you get a visit at the dealership most of the time, and AMG and gas mileage—they don't go together. That's yeah, that's an except the new electric Mercedes that does have an AMG variant. <laughs> Or I guess you could buy a C230 with an AMG package on it. That would be a good car for you. Um, about a 99 Mercedes C430 AMG. No, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I've actually been, honestly, I'm, I'm slipping into the John mode because I've looked at a couple uh, minis. I have looked at a couple Fiat's. Um, yeah, so I've I've looked at some of the John style cars, if you will. Um, we won't bore you with another episode of why John would tell you not to buy either one of those cars. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that too. So that's what I do. I look at them and I go, "Man, that'd be fun. <clears throat> that'd be fun." And then I go, "Yeah, yeah," but then. Uh, everything John says. So then I quickly go away from them. That $1,500 water pump on the mini, you know, 
you buy it with a warranty, fine. Fiat, I wouldn't even buy with a warranty. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know if you could give me a Fiat. I mean, if someone gave it to me, I'd take it. No, I don't know if you could give me a Fiat. As a matter of fact, I mean, why not? Why would, if somebody, somebody gave you one, wouldn't you just drive the wheels off of it and not care? You didn't owe anything on it. I they just beat on it. I had a Fiat X19 and I had my Fiat 500 Sport. Oh yeah, and I drove it for the whole day it ran. And literally See? I gave both of those cars away. But that day you drove it was fun, wasn't it? Yes, it was. See, boom, done. It was a dark green with uh, the baseball glove leather interior. They only made like 300 of them, that color scheme. It's really nice. But, and you know, actually, Yoder, the one Yoder loved his. And my ex wife bought hers in 2012. And 10 years later, she's still, I think she's still driving it. But I think she bought, uh, she did tell me, and this is what she needs to happen to you. She was riding somewhere. Her and a friend and their friend's husband and somebody else were going somewhere and they were riding in this Xterra. And they made the people that owned it, the couple that owned it, made a comment that they were going to sell it. And she said, well, what do you think you're going to ask for it? And they told her the number and she goes, I'll buy it for that. So she bought an Xterra to, you know, have alongside the Fiat. But she's the Fiat's 10 years old and really never let her down. Hmm. Well, there you go. So I actually found one of the um, electric minis on a, a lot in Nashville. Um, the electric mini has a very limited range. I was just going to say, it is really freaking cool. Okay. It's obviously the mini, but you will never guess how it's painted, John. Is it a is it the neon yellow or the orange? Nope it's it's the green with the yellow Lotus number five Jim Clark car paint <laughs> scheme on it, and I was just like, oh my god, how can it be? It it's it's a mini, but it's a tribute to Jim Clark. I'm like, oh my, and I. At first I saw it and I was thinking it was maybe one of the actual internal combustion ones. And so I'm like, oh my God, that would be so cool. You know, the Jim Clark connection, yada, yada, yada. And uh, then I found out it's the electric. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about the electric mini. So, you know, you go to the Googles. Yeah. A hundred mile range. Yeah. And what do even you the do with a hundred mile range, you do nothing with a hundred mile range. Yeah. The current mini electric mini is a hundred mile range, and I can't remember. Somebody else just came out. With oh, this a call. is a new one. This is this is like a two thousand twenty or twenty one. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else just came out with a new car with a hundred mile range. But the funny thing is, a lot of guys that own electric cars are starting to say. You know, they were par they had the range anxiety and, oh, no, I don't want 100 miles. No, I don't want 100 miles. You know, I got to have more. So they're buying these 300 mile, you know, cars and paying extra for the big batteries. And they're finding out now that they pay attention to this stuff, they don't ever drive more than 100 miles, you know, between opportunities to charge. So. Well, I guess that's true. If you think about it, if they're if you're you're going somewhere that has a charging station. I mean, you leave your house and okay. you drive to the museum and they've got a charging station. Yep. And then you drive home. You're good. You know, and that's what I was looking at mm. with um, uh, a Chevy Volt, because when I was looking at the Volt, I only lived like 12 miles from Barber's. So I, in theory, could drive it to Barber's on electric, plug it mm. in at Barber's because they had charging stations and drive it home. I'd never have to put gas in the car. But if I did, you know, if I did go farther than that, it still had the, you know, gas motor to help it out. So, um, 
It's trying Interesting. To think. I think well, I've got to go back and look at that mini again. Man, I wonder if it's sold. They're supposed to be fun, but the the range scares people. But it's a scary range. It is. I mean, you think about it. I mean, because what happens if you're out driving around and you get a phone call that you know, you know, you got to get somewhere. What do you do? Because you know, if you're already thirty miles into a trip and you got to do something, you know, that's going to take, you know, it's it's risky. You know, it's risky. You don't, you don't have that little safety buffer, but you know, if you really consider it, the second thing to do is look and see where the charging stations are around you. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being, well, Bowling Green, you know, Nashville's not that far from you there. I think there's probably some re a reasonable number of charging stations because if yeah, you're going I mean, anywhere, most... you're going to Bowling Green or you're going to, Nashville. Right, we're either going Bowling Green or Nashville. And yeah, I mean, I would agree that, you know, I mean, obviously, I know we have charging stations at the Corvette Museum. Um, you know, and anytime we go down to Nashville, any pretty much anywhere you're going in the city or in the suburbs, you're typically seeing a charging station or two around. So they're around. Yeah, I mean, they are. <clears throat> and Nashville's, you know, I think out to the airport is 50, 55 miles. And that's to the south east of, <coughs> of Nashville from here. So, you know, I mean, really everything we would do is in a hundred mile range. You know, even if you were to drive there and back, you know, you're pushing it at the very end, but. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's not something you're going to take back home to Detroit or whatever, <coughs> but no. You just rent something for that, or you borrow the wife's car. Yeah, it is a. It is still available. It is a 2021, and it has 6,300 miles on it. Jeez, I bought my 2020 with 600. <laughs> what are they asking for? Somebody it? had fun with this. I'm not going to say. <laughs> uh, about uh, 33,000. That seems a little high because Mini's one of the four brands that right now aren't really getting any markups. Yeah. It, they come is, with car clubs. There you go. So sorry for those that are listening and not watching the video. I showed a picture of the the front end of the mini with the uh, the Lotus Jim Clark number five uh, tribute paint job on it. What wall art are you talking about, Jason? Wall art. Hmm. I missed his comment. Hang on. It may have happened since I've been gone, but I'm trying to. Oh, I don't think it's a one to one. I don't think it's wall art. They actually did a one to one like model car kit, like uh, sculpture in the building there. Well, we, well, when I was there, we had full size form, you know, he's asking about. Oh, those are done by um, Aunt Amstead. Um, Mr. Barber saw, Bar Barber's has four of them. Um, and we got the Aston Martin, uh, DB one, uh, Le Mans car, uh, kit first, uh, Mr. Barber saw it advertised, um, at, uh, auction in Goodwood or something. And it, he never said to buy it. So we, the buyer never bid on it. And then he said, why didn't she get that? And we said, oh, well, so we ended up getting in touch with aunt and had it custom made for us. And then he also made a Lotus 11 and a Lotus 7, all one one scale. We bought it at the same time. Biggest crates you've ever seen. They were eight feet high and 40 feet long that Oof. they came in. Um, it took forever to get them out of the containers and that. And then eventually we ended up with the Ferrari GTO at Barber's that's full size. 
that was actually ordered from Ant by a collector in Japan. So he built it in the UK, shipped it to Japan. The guy in Japan got it, and it wouldn't fit in his house. So he ordered another one's two-thirds scale, and that one went up, and Ant called the museum and said, hey, would you guys be interested in that? And, well, sure. So then it got shipped from... Um, actually, it got shipped back to Ant, and then it was shipped to us. So it went England to Japan, Japan to England, England to Alabama. Man. But, but that's who did it. And if you wonder who Ant Amstead is, he's the guy that replaced Ed on Wheeler Dealers, and he's the guy that married the blonde from one of the housing shows that got divorced. Um, I can't think of what her name is, but. Wow, you pay way too much attention to reality TV, John. <laughs> when you you're paying attention, you know you you don't know Ant. You kind of pay attention to what he does. You know, I've met him well, a couple right. of times. He's come and seen the the sculptures, but but all right. So we solved no problems tonight. Awesome. No, but hopefully we entertained the three you know, couple of dozen listeners that we had live and. Audio podcasts are being released um, in three-day intervals, so this one actually won't hit audio till later this month. But like I said, I'm working on getting all that done. Website's getting updated. Uh, NoDrivingGloves.com. All the videos for these shows are also now available on um, NoDrivingGloves.com. I believe every one of our episodes is there, um, and every episode that we did video is there. But we did, do have a bunch that have went up audio only, and I've got to kind of work on that. But the, like I said, the website's updated. Um, uh, buy, you know, buy us a coffee, nodrivinggloves.com slash coffee, and that'll, you can buy us a cup of coffee if you think we're doing okay here. You got ideas for the show, topic ideas, questions, feel free to shoot them off to us. We'll, we promise we'll answer them in our long circular way, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's going to be it for this Wednesday evening. That's a wrap. And, um, I think I'm out of here. Same here. Doo-doo.